Today's scripture is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 11, 1 through 13. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Each day, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. But, so, I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you whom, if your child asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. It is an honor to be with you here this morning and to be among your wonderful pastors as your partnering pastor. I'm going to begin this morning by asking you to excuse my voice, please. At my primary church, Camp Branch, we had VBS this past week, and I did music, and I was perhaps a little bit overly enthusiastic if there is such a thing during VBS in my singing and shouting and praising and almost immediately lost my voice. So we're doing good being back here with a voice and um, thank you for bearing with me. The scripture that was just read, I think we need to start out by acknowledging that we don't all hear it the same way. This is a scripture in which Jesus um, likens God to a father. And for many of us, we had wonderful fathers who were much as Jesus describes, God the Father. But for others, that's not the case. Sometimes fathers are not kind and loving. They do not protect and provide sometimes. They are not always happy to be inconvenienced. Some people don't have fathers. If that is the case for you, then just know that when we read these scripture and we read these words, we have to put ourselves into the kind of scene that Jesus was talking about 
with a father who is good and kind, who does protect and provide, who is happy to be inconvenienced by us. This is the kind of father that Jesus was talking about, and this is what we hear in his words today. So having acknowledged that and having talked about that, let's now talk about prayer. And this has been a great service so far. I love how much we have prayed, how much we have already talked about it. I mean, you've pretty much already heard a sermon, so maybe my work here is done this morning. Several years ago, when I was a much younger pastor, a much newer pastor, I was driving my child to daycare. And I had about a 30-minute drive to daycare, and so plenty of time to kind of zone out and watch the road along the way. And on one particular morning, I was driving by all the businesses, and I noticed a business on the right had a a high sign, and uh, one of those signs with the movable letters. You put up different messages. This morning, on this particular morning, the sign read, prayers needed, prayers needed. But it was early, and in my early morning, not quite awake mind, I read, prayers needed. And I thought, well, if that's not a bat signal for a clergywoman, I don't know what is. In my mind, I pictured myself swerving the car over, running into the business and saying, I'm here. What are we praying for? And then I would pray for them and miraculously, things would be better. And that's where the fantasy kind of stopped. That's where it stopped because I'd been a pastor long enough to know that so often when people call on me to pray for particular things, it doesn't come out the way we hoped. It doesn't happen just like I prayed. I lost my nerve and I just kept driving. Now a lot has happened since that time. God bless the people that I was their pastor back then. I hope that God filled in the gaps for what I didn't know then. I trust that God did. Since that time, a lot has changed in my life and I've learned a lot. And since you are getting to know me and I'm getting to know you, I thought this morning I might share with you one of those things that really changed how I understand prayer and what happens when we pray. I won't always be this autobiographical in sermons. This is like a special thing because we're getting to know each other. When I was 35, my dad, who was my best friend and my hero and the best person that I knew in all the world, was diagnosed with cancer, with terminal cancer, or as the doctors put it, very terminal cancer. And I know that I'm not alone, that many of you have received a diagnosis like this for one of your loved ones, or have received in your life some tragedy of a similar magnitude. My dad was in his 50s at the time, and I, he was healthy in every other way. You would never have expected it. And so I and my family were just completely shocked and devastated. I knew, I knew that what I was supposed to do was pray, and yet I couldn't. I just couldn't. Have you ever been in that kind of a place? 
In fact, I remember that the cancer ward had a little tree in it, and you were supposed to write your prayers and hang them on there. And my son wrote one for my dad, and I just couldn't. I was so hurt and sad and angry and overwhelmed that I couldn't even bring myself to speak to God. I finally confessed this to a friend and then to more friends. And do you know what they said when I told them that I couldn't bring myself to pray? I bet you can guess. They said, that's okay. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. And they did. My friends, my extended family, my church, they all prayed for us. They told us they were praying for us. They sent us texts. They made us posters. They showed us they were praying for us. They brought us meals. They brought us gift cards. They babysat my kids while I was with my dad. They prayed for us. And prayer started to change again for me because through their kindness, through their prayers, I started to get my spiritual voice back. And after a while... I was able to start praying too. Gingerly at first, a little hesitantly at first, but I found myself once again going to God. Not sure what I would find there, because the doctors had been pretty clear, but willing to knock on that door to take myself to God. What I found was that God was already there that God was already beside me, had been all along when I was stuck in that place. And what I also found was that I never left that place with God, that place of prayer, I never left empty-handed. It seemed that the more I prayed, the more I showed up with God, the more I started to be changed. Now, the circumstances hadn't changed. They were just as bleak as they were before, but they started to look and feel a little bit different. Whereas once I might have been filled with bitterness and anger, I started to somehow feel grateful that I had time to talk to my dad still. Whereas once I might have felt, why me? Why us? I started to see all the stories around me of people who had been through the same thing and who were showing up for me now. The list goes on and on of all the things my eyes were open to that God kept placing in front of me. I say all this not to minimize the pain that I went through, that my family went through, certainly that my dad went through, but to tell you, to share with you that there was a definite change in how I experienced those things. And it was because of that time when I showed up with God, when I took the time and put myself in a place where he could start to heal me from the inside. I think it's no accident in our scripture this morning that when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he uses, to use a grammar term, the first person plural. Our 
sins. We pray. Us, our, we. It's not I, me, my, is it? When Jesus teaches us how to pray, he uses words that indicate we're supposed to pray together and for each other. This is not just a me thing. It's an us thing. You know, I learned that organically in my own experience, but here it was waiting for me in scripture the whole time. When I was ready to see it, it was there. We pray for and with each other, especially when one of us feels we cannot. Jesus also talks when he teaches us how to pray about this persistence, showing up, Shamelessly, it says, at the most inconvenient times in the middle of the night, whenever we have need. Some people read this and they think, oh, that means God's sleeping and we have to really shake him hard to get him to care about what we need. No, no, no. The scripture teaches us that God is ever more ready to give than we are to ask. The persistence is for us. The persistence is for us so that we learn that path to go to God at all times, in all places, so that when we reach a point where we have need, we're not looking to all these other places and all these other things. We're not looking to food and alcohol and Netflix. We're not looking to be numbed or to forget. Instead, we have this path blazed for us through force of habit, through practice, through persistence, to go to God first. The persistence is for us. And then Jesus' promise, Jesus promised when he taught about prayer that whenever we seek, whenever we knock, whenever we ask, God does not leave us empty-handed. Now, I don't know the answers about why some prayers seem to be answered and others do not. I don't know why it is that when I pray the same way with different people, different things happen. None of us knows. But I do know this, that when we reach out to God in our hearts, in our prayers, in whatever way we do, God is there ready to put into our hands the good things that we need the good gifts, and a place in a situation that may have been empty and devoid of hope and just out of all the good things suddenly becomes a place that despite all its pain is also rich with blessings. And if you've lived in such a place, you know what that looks like, where despite the suffering that you're going through, you see at the same time the goodness of God's people, and the goodness of God. How can this be? But it is. God promises that no matter what, we are given the Holy Spirit. And do you remember the role of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the advocate, the one who sticks up for us and speaks up for our needs. The Holy Spirit knows what we need when we don't even know how to ask. The Holy Spirit comforts us. From time to time, I think about that sign again, prayers needed, prayers needed, whatever it was. 
And I wonder exactly what those people were wanting, exactly what they were asking for. And I kind of wish I had a do-over where I could make that turn and walk into that store and say, what are we praying about? Friends, we all have that opportunity again and again and again with the people around us, with the people we interact with, not just at church, everywhere we go. In the United Methodist tradition, we believe that ministers are all baptized Christians, not just your ordained clergy. That means you are all the praying superheroes. That means you are all the prayers who are needed. It is needed in this world. There are people who need you and me to pray with and for them. Not just because they don't know how, but because they might be in a place where they just can't. There are people who need to be reminded that before we go anywhere else to violence, to drugs, to TV, we go to God and to show them the way to do that. There are certainly people who need the reassurance that when we go to God with our hearts on our sleeve, God does not let us leave empty-handed. Prayers needed. And we are them. Let us pray. Lord, you did teach us to pray. You taught us how and we learn more and more each year. We ask you to continue to teach us. And as we become more experienced prayers, show us the places where you would have us pray for and with those around us. Remind us that persistence in prayer is for us. Show us again and again that when we approach you in prayer, we will not leave empty-handed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.